This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, March 29th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by Matt Baxendale. Is this the earliest live Morning 5 we've ever done? I believe it is. Of course, we've only done the live Morning 5s for about a year and a half now. But I think this is the earliest, Bax. Yeah, I think so, too. Nice and bright and early here in late March. There you go. March is flying by. A lot to get into. I want to get your thoughts on spring ball. Just We'll, we'll start from like a 30,000 feet perspective. Some... Just generality questions. Who do you feel has like stepped up the most? What's kind of been like the biggest storyline you've been following so far in spring? Take quarterbacks off the table. That's too easy. Other yeah. Than, like what's what's kind of what's kind of caught your interest the most? Uh, how clearly Carson Hinsman seems to be in control of the center spot is the first thing that comes to mind. I know we were we we, we had many a BM five since the national championship game, and we knew Luke Whipler was leaving. That we were like, who's going to be the center? Well, now we're pretty sure it's Carson Hinsman. And we said the whole time that that's what we were hoping would work out, that the young, talented kid from Wisconsin would take over, allow Vic Cutler to be sort of the jack-of-all-trades backup. Uh, you know, that's what looks like it's panning out right now. So to me, that's one of the biggest stories possible out there uh, for Ohio State. I mean, you need to get this offensive line figured out before you start any of these young quarterbacks. So that's a great sign to me. I think that's definitely something that's caught my eye as Carson Hinsman's kind of grabbing that center spot and running with it. What's like the biggest question that you still need answered? Is it right tackle? Is it something just the defense overall? What's the biggest question you still need answered for the Buckeyes? Well, right tackle is obviously a big one. I mean, we're, we're sitting here watching the battle between Shibola and Mahalski, and I don't think anybody has an idea of where it's going, coaches included. So, uh, you know, that's a big battle. But, I mean, to me, the big question for the season is going to be the defense, right? We can watch them perform and Yes, it's nice to see Sawyer and JTT looking good at the end. And you got some good young backups. I mean, I know everybody's excited about Caden Perry. Um, and it's nice to have a little more depth at linebacker this year. I mean, last year, you know, Chambers and Eichenberg, they played the whole year at linebacker. They had virtually every important snap. It'd be nice to see some of these other guys getting on the field a little bit more. Cody Simon, CJ Hicks, ETC, right? Uh, but the defense is the big picture. A 10,000 foot perspective on this whole thing is that. The defense is still the issue. We still don't know if they're fixed or not, and we aren't going to know that until we get to the fall. So we can watch, we can hope, we can maybe see some strides, but the defense is a bigger issue. I still trust the offensive, offense more, even with three new offensive linemen and a new quarterback, than I do the defense. We got a chance to speak with Jim Knowles yesterday and Brian Hartland. It was coordinator day after practice yesterday. We also got to see a little bit of practice, which has been nice. The availability this spring has been awesome. We got to see the entire spring. Mm-hmm. The entire practice on Saturday, including the live scrimmage, 
everybody was live except the quarterbacks. It was awesome seeing real football. Yesterday we had availability. This Saturday, all of practice is going to be open at Student Appreciation Day. Yeah. Um, and they'll scrimmage then, too. So it's really, really cool. Um, so yesterday, let's start with Knowles. Um, I thought I asked him a few questions about um, possibly playing more three-corner looks this year, three-corners together. And, you know, the slot safety is kind of a hybrid corner, so it's kind of splitting hairs. But I mean three true corners, not like a hybrid. I mean, like, so get, like, Davis and Igbenosin, Denzel Burke and Jordan Hancock out there together on third down instead of having three safeties out there. And he said they're, you know, they're they're working on that. He made a good point. A lot of people are like, he's too married to this three safety system. They should have used more three corner looks last year. It's like they struggled to find two healthy corners at times last year. And that wasn't on him. He yeah. Inherited a cornerback room that was as depleted with depth as I've ever seen that we've all ever seen. I mean, had six scholarship corners. Two were true freshmen, and then they were banged up all year. There was a game, I almost forgot this, the Wisconsin game, the starting corners yeah. were Tyre Brown and J.K. Johnson because yep. Cam Brown, Denzel Burke, and Jordan Hancock were all out. So they're struggling to find two healthy corners. Now, they're not dripping with depth or anything right now, Bax. They're going to have seven scholarship corners. But if they can stay healthy, um, those guys are a year older. I mean, they have two true freshmen, but you know what I mean. Guys like Denzel Burke, I think it's going to be much better this year. I love getting Davis and Igbenosin in. Um, Jordan Hancock's a year older. Hopefully he'll be healthy. Um, so I, I, I was encouraged to hear that Knowles is not married to the three safety, even though that is the base. But sounds like on third down passing situations, they might mix in more three-corner looks this year. Yeah, I think that's sort of the crux of it. You hit the nail on the head. We, we didn't have three cornerbacks in most games last year that were healthy. We have six guys – then half of them are hurt. That's your whole depth chart. So, you know, this year, it, it's, it's not just finding warm bodies that can line up at these positions, right? You've got your, your, your big guys, right? It's going to be Igbenosin and Burke. Hancock's probably the third. Uh, from what limited amount I saw from Jair Brown, I think he's going to be a pretty good option for them this year as well. And these two freshmen, you never know if one of them comes in and pops. I mean, they're very highly rated kids. So, yeah, you're going to have the depth this year, finally, to at least pretend that you can run out three corners. So last year just wasn't an option. It flat out was not an option. There were too many injuries, too many inexperienced guys. They just weren't good enough at the position or deep enough at the position to have three guys out there. I understand why they did it last year with the safeties that they had. Um, but this year, I think it's something we're going to see a lot more of. There's enough talent. There's enough experience. That's a much better spot in the cornerback room. I know it's only one more scholarship corner than they had last year, but the experience level is so much better. And I just, I feel so much better about the corners this year than I did this point last year. I like the secondary as a whole. It's, it's looking really good. And then we got a chance to speak with Brian Hartline as well. Are you in, I think I've asked you this before. I'm pretty sure he's calling plays right now in spring. Are you in the camp that I'm in where it's like, I still don't think Ryan Day is going to give up play calling when the season begins. <laughs> like, I'll believe it when I see it. Or do you think Ryan's actually going to turn over play calling duties to Brian Hartline? In he real- will turn over play calling duties to Brian Hartline when we're up six touchdowns in the second <laughs> half of blowout games. Uh, I don't see Ryan Day giving up play calling duties against Notre Dame or Penn State or Michigan this year, if I'm being completely candid, right? I, I have to see it to believe it, right? I, I think that. Uh, I think Brian Hartline's offensive coordinator title certainly is a pay raise and a little more responsibility working with other position groups and hopefully trying to translate his uh, recruiting prowess 
to uh, to more than one position group. But at the end of the day, Ryan Day ain't giving up the play calling. He's too good at it in his mind. Let's get to a couple questions here. Loyal listener Spider Sillery up early with us. A lot of people want to know this, including myself, and I'm sure you do as well, Bax. I love this question. Very simple. Spider Sillery asks, what are they going to do with C.J. Hicks? I'll go first and you can give your thoughts, Bax. From what I understand, they really like him, but he's going to be the backup Will, and, and Steel Chambers looks really good. Like, he played mm-hmm. really well last year, I thought. You know, really seized that job and um, finished the year strong. And he had the interception against Georgia and just played good overall. And he he's the starting Will linebacker. But see – so it would take an injury to steal, um, but I, I think C.J. Hicks then next year will be a starter and could be a, a star as early as next year and will be a solid backup and solid special teams guy this year and then could be a starter if, if you know Steele gets hurt, but that's probably where uh, C.J. Hicks is at right now. They like him for sure. I think he'll rotate more than last year too. I'll add that. Like It felt like it was 95% of snaps that mattered or more were Eichenberg and Chambers. That number's going to get down into the 80s this year, just, even if just to preserve their health a little bit, right? Like, you don't want those guys to get be so banged up by the time the games matter that they're unable to perform at their best level. And I think when you have options that you feel comfortable in the backup role, then you go ahead and you use them. So, yeah, I think Hicks will play a bit more, but he's still stuck behind Chambers. And I don't see him surpassing Chambers um, this season. This guy, Chambers and Eichenberg are going to be the two starting linebackers. I just think that their primary backups are going to see the field a little bit more than last year. All right, another question from Spider Sillery. Then we have a uh, Spider Sillery, and then we have uh, somebody piggybacking on that. What are they going to do with Josh Proctor? Well, right now it's the typical spring that you see. Oh, everything's clicked for Josh Proctor as a six-year senior, and he's running with the ones. I'm like, man, if Sonny Styles is not – no, really right now Sonny Styles is, is repping at the Bandit and Lathan Ransom is a starter there. So they're not playing the same position. Right now, um, Proctor's repping at the adjuster. Kai Stokes is his backup. Man, maybe I'm wrong. I've talked to Proctor a lot. Maybe everything has clicked as a sixth-year senior. I'll go back to the same phrase I used with Ryan Day, calling, give me a play calling. I'll believe it when I see it. I think Sonny Styles needs a start. If not at Bandit, find a role for him. Um, and they say they're going to find a role for him, backs. But I don't know. What do you think about Josh Proctor to answer the question? I don't expect Josh Proctor to start. I expect Josh, Bro- Josh Proctor to be veteran backup uh, experience there for the team if he's here for the fall. Uh, I don't believe that in his sixth season we're suddenly going to see something from him we haven't seen before, right? And, and this is the, this is still the same guy that the first game Jim Mills ever had sat him after like two plays because he, he was responsible for a long game by Notre Dame and he played like five snaps the whole game. Right. So that wasn't exactly the best introduction to, to Jim Knowles for Josh Proctor. And then the rest of the year, you know, we didn't see much of him. Um, I know there's some injuries involved there, too, but I just I don't see it. I see there's too much talent that are, that's younger. Um, I think there's there's better fits for the system. You know, this is this is part of the spring ball experiences. We have to guess a little bit as to which of these guys are having the senior honor of being able to rep in the first team positions and which of these guys are actually going to rep in the first team position as we get to the end of spring and into the fall. And I, I'll have to see Josh Proctor start to really buy it at this point. I'm totally with you on this one. That's not a knock on the kid. I just, I just think his time has kind of gone by at this point and we've got better options. 
Yeah, I mean, again, I said somebody else was piggybacking on Spider's uh, question. Bricky loves Ohio State, says Proctor is going to take away snaps from younger guys who need experience. I mean, yeah, I agree. It's not that just need experience. Sonny Styles is ready. Like, I've seen enough. I don't need to see more. Yeah. Like, he played against Georgia when he should have been a high school senior and played well, played a lot of snaps against Georgia. It would be the playoffs. It would be the equivalent of us uh, the year after Von Bell finally got to play in the Orange Bowl when we spent the whole year begging for Von Bell to play. Right. It'd be like us turning around the next year and sitting him instead of playing him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, well, we're not going to sit Sonny Styles here. This kid needs to be on the field. He has the highest ceiling of maybe any person in the entire defensive secondary. So, uh, yeah, play him. So uh, that's the that's the better point, though. These younger guys oftentimes need those reps. Period. So that's what get get them on the field. Proctor isn't a priority to play in my mind. Now you touched on this a little bit. Question from Facebook. This is from Robert McIntosh. Will Jim Knowles rotate more players this year? Now, he doesn't rotate much in the back seven. They rotate like crazy up front. Do you think he'll rotate more in the back seven? Yes. I don't think he had a choice last year. I think he looked at who he had available to him and decided, you know what? Uh, I trust like six of these guys, so I'm going to run them out there and hope it works out. It's a wildly different year this year for Ohio State in terms of depth in the back seven. And – if anything, I want to see LJ rotate less on the D-line, and I want to see us rotate a little bit more at linebacker, right? And I also think that you're going to see a little bit more rotation at corner to get some of these younger guys on a little bit more. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, we just sat here talking about how we don't want Josh Proctor taking reps from the younger guys, but now we're sitting here saying we want rotation. So, you know, I don't know if we're, if we're being incoherent here, if we're just not getting our point across, but the reality to me is, you have to rotate more at linebacker. I think you're going to rotate a little bit more at corner because you have the option to. And I want to see a little less rotation in the D-line. I want to see more of JTT. I want to see more of Tyleek. I want to see more of Mike Hall. I want to see more of Jack Sawyer. I don't want to see less. I don't want us to have critical drives again where Javante Jean-Baptiste is on the field. And I know he's transferred out, but you get my point. We had too much of that last year. So at the end of the day, I do think you're going to see some more rotation in the back, and hopefully we're going to see a little less up front especially Ryan Day sticking his nose in the defensive side of the football a lot more this year. This is from Shane on YouTube. Has anyone asked Coach Day if Jaden Ballard returning kickoffs or punts was going to happen this year? Speed equals touchdowns. Yeah, he's been asked about it. You know, the guys right now that are uh, – there's four guys that have been returning punts during spring. One of them is Marvin Harrison Jr. Even Marvin said he's not going to be returning punts in real games. He's just back yeah, don't do that. Skills. Unless there's like an emergency or something. In fact, Marvin said it's probably going to be a Mecca, and I like hearing that. Uh, but Jaden Ballard is one of the guys in the mix. I think if it's not a Mecca, it'll either be Jaden Ballard or Caleb Brown. Caleb Brown's the other one that looks good to me. So the guys right now in spring, they're working as punt returners. Are Marvin Harrison Jr., take him off the table. Uh, Jaden Ballard, Caleb Brown, and then Reese Stocksdale. Take Reese off the table, and then Emeka is going to be in the mix when he comes back. And if you listen to Marv, it's probably going to be Emeka. And I can't imagine Marv would have said that if, if he doesn't uh, have very good information on that. So, yeah, Jaden Ballard's in the mix, but I tend to think Emeka is going to get first shot at that. What do you think, Bax? Emeka didn't drop many punts last year, so I pick him. My rule always, 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 always is, Pick the guy who doesn't fumble the punt, right? 
I'm still scarred by 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 Philly Brown a decade ago, fumbling punts in big games away and letting the other team get easy points out of it. Our offense is loaded. I don't care if they start on the 10 yard line or the 25 yard line. Don't try to get any of these return yards unless you have all night and all day to run with the football. Secure the catch. So whoever's securing that catch the best is the one I want on the field. And that Buka didn't screw it up last year, so I'm assuming we're going to keep with him. And that's where my head's at on it. Final question, I'm going to let you get to your day job. Okay. M. McCullwell. Just cutting right to the chase here. I love this. Um, if the defense is top-notch, because we all know the offense will be, they say, do you think we'll beat the do you think the Buckeyes will beat Michigan and make the playoffs? Just cut right to the chase. What do you think, Ben? Well, yeah, if the defense didn't screw up this past year, we would have already done it. And so the national championship, yeah. Yeah, the defense, the defense, you know what we said at the start of last year, just don't suck. That's all we wanted from them was just don't suck. Well, they made it through most of the year and then they went back to suck. And unfortunately, those were the two biggest games of the year where we got suck, not just don't suck. I'm, again, in the mode of just don't suck. Give me the top 25 defense. It, it doesn't have to be top 10. Uh, don't give up big plays left and right like we saw last year. Don't give up nine yards of play on average or whatever horror show we saw down the stretch, right? The defense doesn't have to be lights out. It just has to not suck. And unfortunately, the last couple of games of the year, it flat out sucked. And I know that's the highest level of analysis here. This is some Mensa stuff that we're talking about. But the blunt reality is, is when you have an offense that's the top five in the country and will has been with multiple quarterbacks. So I'm assuming, again, we're going to be sitting here with a dynamite offense with all the weapons that they have. The bottom line is the defense just has to not suck. We're back in the same spot we were a year ago. Just don't suck. And I, if the defense really is improved, so they can actually defend the pass now. If we can actually not give up a – out route that turns into an 80-yard touchdown uh, thanks to some incredibly over-aggressive play calling, then we're going to be good. This Ohio State team is as much talent as anybody. I mean, you saw them in the playoff against Georgia. When this team is is going, they can play. And they probably should have beat Georgia, to be honest. Like, that's the thing. So, yeah, the defense has to be better. If the defense is better, this team's an international championship caliber team. If it isn't, we're going to have the exact same conversations again with a little more vitriol and a lot more questioning who's in charge. Great stuff from Matt Baxendale. You can catch his column every Sunday on Bucknuts. It is the bucket. Thank you very much to Bax. Get to some engineering, my friend. Thank you to all of our listeners and viewers. Appreciate you guys very much. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day. 